The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Again, to a came from the radio, the official of the Big Apple Gods, your host Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. We have none other than fishy sarcasms, Dominic Definition Man, Toronto. Your lady? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. None hi, other everybody. than senior correspondent Charlie Saladino. Oh, hi, everybody. And we have L Man Jenny Fellow. <laughs> On this week's show. We have another Jaybird and Lee segment uh, from the Eternal Con. L Man Jane Fellow, the interviews event organizer and promoter, Frank Patch. And also, Chant uh, interviews comic creator, writer, and host of this very show you're listening to, Mark Torres. Before Wait, we do any of interviewing that, Mark Torres? Jen, L Man Jane Fellow. Oh, I can't wait to hear this episode. Me too. <laughs> but before we do any of that, finally, Mark has to answer the hard hitting questions. We have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of Sci-Fi.Radio. That's Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. So the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of, celebrate over 26 years of complexness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is scheduled for December 17th. It is the Big Apple Christmas Con. Uh, I believe their headliner right now is Jim Strang- not Jim, um Yeah, Jim Stranko. That was right. Thank uh, artist, artist Jim Stranko, yes. So tickets are on sale right now, and I know they'll be adding more people as the time goes along. And I want to give our shout-outs to our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Brill, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, Yasmin Ray, and Rosa. You want to get your own child? Go to our website, www.icamefriend.com. Go to the button that says uh, Donate or something. There's a button on there. Take you right to our Patreon page. Just for a dollar a month, get a shout-out on our show. All right, let's hit up with the sad news, as we always tend to do. Yeah. Yeah, because we're depressed people. <laughs> so, in 2021... I, Mark, had the pleasure of interviewing indie author Lexi Haas and her mom, Susan, about their book, The Year of the Buttered Cat. The story is a, quote, fictionalized memoir, unquote, about two periods of Lexi's life. In the opening, readers are introduced to Lexi, a severely disabled superhero-obsessed teen who is counting down the hours to brain surgery that might help her communicate. While the clock ticks down, Lexi gets her overwhelming urge and tells the story of the year in her life called The Year of the Buttered Cat, where she discovered what happened to her uh, to leave her in an uncontrollable body and without a voice in the first place. Because it is a fictionalized memoir, some parts of the story had been embellished. However, there is an actual buttered cat who is an actual cat that they buttered in the story in real life. I bring up all this because the cat has died. Uh, Lexi's sister's Hannah posted this on social media. She says, today we had to say goodbye to our dear friend, the cat, also known as Albert, uh, his given name, and uh-oh, Lexi's name for him, as he was a kind of a pain in the butt in his younger days. 
For those of you who don't know, we found the cat 19 years ago when he was just a few weeks old, abandoned in the dugout of my grandparents' town, Elberton. Uh, he went on to be the unlikely star of the book, The Year the Butter Cat. He was a good buddy and will be missed. Um, I mentioned this because I read the book. You know, I got attached to the animal, and then it said that he passed away. So for more information on Lexi and the book, check out our January 4th show of 2021. For more said, cat, yes. Did the cat die of high cholesterol? Like, what happened with the butter? Like, what's Well, they like... buttered the outside of the cat. They didn't feed the cat butter. Yeah, everything you put in your skin gets absorbed, so he probably died from butter poisoning, just saying. Don't say that. They're going to be listening to the show. That's terrible. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's a hypothesis. It's a 19-year-old It's like cat. 99% probably not true, but it is a hypothesis. Yeah. I'm, I'm just sorry. saying it's better than something else. I'm sorry, else. Lexi. <laughs> I'm, trying yeah. to be, I'm trying to be sincere here. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the views of... Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, man. here we go. Actress Rebecca Balding also died recently from ovarian cancer. Rebecca appeared in such films and TV shows as The Silent Scream, Kiss My Grits, The Deadly Game, The Gathering, as well as the sequel, The Gathering Part 2. I guess they didn't gather enough. And and making it, just name a few, Rebecca was perhaps known for her role of Carol Davis on 19 episodes of the AV series Soap, which ran from 1978 to 1980, and that of Elise Ross the editor-in-chief and boss of Alyssa Milano's character on 23 episodes of the original Charmed, which ran on the WB from 1998 to 2006. Um, Senior correspondent Charlie Saladino, were you a fan of the series Soap? Um, you mean with Soap with Billy Crystal? Yes, that show. That's Soap, yes, I was. So that would be her on the series. Do you remember that character, Carol Davis, by chance? Um... I wanted to think if I saw her, I would know her. Fair enough, fair enough. So she was uh, 73 years old. Uh, Moving on for some more sad news. Comic book writer Alan Grant also died recently, and as of this recording, which is July 27, 2022, no cause of death has been announced. Alan's most well-known works include that of 20,000 AD. Uh, For those of you who do not know, is a weekly British sci-fi-oriented comic magazine, as well as a multitude of Judge Dredd comics in the aforementioned magazine, as well as various Batman titles during the late 80s to early 2000s. Dominic Definition Man Sprano, are you familiar with Alan Grant's work? Uh, Yeah, to some degree. I couldn't say that I read a lot of it, but I definitely know some of the things he did. So uh, he was also 73 years old. Moving on for some more, even more sad news. Not a good time for (laughs) 73-year-olds. So terrible. Actor Actor, Torian Black. I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. Oh, wait. Torian Black. Yeah, Torian Black. Uh, Also died recently following what is being described as a, quote, brief illness. While appearing in a handful of TV shows, Torian... Turun, T-A-U-R-E-N, Turun, is most famous for his role as Detective Neil Washington in 144 episodes of the series Hill Street Blues, which ran from 1981 to 1987 on NBC. Uh, Charlie, did you ever watch uh, Hill Street Blues? Charlie. Maybe he didn't. Charlie, did you ever watch Hill Street Blues? Not so much, but I will say the theme song was classic ah okay yeah so charlie did you uh get that with uh neil or no no i did not ah so did you watch uh hill street blues 
right, let's see one more. Okay, you tried. I tried. Well, and that was uh, okay. <laughs> you tried. Nope. Even more sad news. I did not. Okay. All right. He did not. Oh, God. More sad news. Actor Paul Servino uh, also died this week. Uh, once again, as of this recording, no close of death. Was he 73? He was 83. Oh, actually, uh, you mean uh, Trurian? He was uh, 82. Um, Paul Savino was 83. Uh, Paul appeared in such films as <laughs> Where's Papa? Touch a Class, The Gambler, Oh God, The Brinks Job, Cruising, Reds, Either Jury, Off the Wall, The Stuff, Vasectomy, A Delicate Matter. That's funny. Uh, Dick Tracy, Goodfellas, <laughs> The Rocketeer, The Firm, Romeo and Juliet, Money Talks, Bullworth, Perfume, Sea Spot Run, Chow America, Hey Arnold the Movie. Mambo Italiano, Mr. 3000, The Last Hour, Kill the Irishman, For the Love of Money, Once Upon a Time in Queen, Sicilian Vampire, The Bronx Bowl, The Last Polar Game, Undercolor Grandpa, and Acts of Desperation, and The Birthday Cake, just to name a few. On the small screen, Paul, Paul appeared in such TV shows made from movies as It Couldn't Happen to a Nicer Guy, We'll Get By, Bert D'Angelo, Superstar, Wes Craven's Chiller, The Oldest Rookie, Law and Order, Perry Mason, a case of the wicked wives without consent. Joe Torrey curveballs along the way. The big house. The championship season. Cheater. The blue lie. That's life. Still standing. Santa baby two. Christmas maybe. Jersey Shore shark attack, which now I must see. Bad blood and the Godfather <laughs> of Harlem. Just to name a few. Of note, going back to the tape, our very own Dominic Definition Man Sperano called out Paul for still being alive during our six thirteen twenty two show. I remember distinctly. About this, so we're gonna play that clip after we finish this bit of news. He called it out for being alive. He's like, "Yo, that guy's still alive." Yes, that's exactly what he said. Do you remember this? Wow. Oh wow! No, you're like <laughs> we were talking about somebody who died. You're like, "Hey, man, and that and that Paul Sorvino, he's still alive." And I said, "Why are you picking on Paul for?" <laughs> <laughs> and now wow. he dies. So well done, there, Dominic. Uh, apparently, I guess it's uh, I did it. I, I don't tell me. I feel terrible now. So, no, you just know things. That's all. Was, was it when <clears throat> was that in reference to Ray Liotta dying? Uh, yes, I believe so. Maybe I don't know. I just remember you said it, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Well, because that I, that kind of made like, "Wow, Ray Liotta dies, but Paul Servino's still alive." So, well, apparently, <laughs> Ray Liotta got his vengeance. I guess. So now, uh, right, Ray Liotta. Right. So, so editor. That's actually three people from Goodfellas have died this year. Ray Liotta, yeah, so Servino, and I forgot the actor's real James name, Tom? but n- no, that's the Godfather. Huh. But uh, he played Polly Walnuts in um, yeah. Was Rico. Yeah, there you go. And he, he had a small bit part in Goodfellas. Ah, okay. I don't so know what's going on. People are saying there's no, no world order. Please. There, they're whacking the good fellas. Yeah, they are. That's right. Yeah. So he Same was. Uh, Fauci. So he was eighty-three. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, so we're gonna play this. Clip. I actually. Yes. I actually met him uh, last July. Really. Uh, yeah, at the Mob Movie Con. Oh yeah, yes, that's right. I remember. And was he a good fellow? He wouldn't even look at you. <laughs> I guess oh, that story wow. went went nowhere because we killed like, us. And I'm sure it was an entertaining story. Yeah. Oh, City. Wow. <laughs> God. So oh, we're boy. gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go to the last bit of sad news. And then mm-hmm. I'll I'll play the I'll play the clip. Actually we're gonna play the clip now. And yet somehow poor Paul Savino is still alive. <laughs> why why are you picking up poor Paul Savino? 
I'm not picking on him. It's not like <laughs> I want the want the man dead. It's just he's he's so much older. It's just like he keeps going. God bless him. He's 83. Okay. <laughs> All right, now we can go on to the last bit of sad news. Um, actor David Warner also died recently from cancer, which he had been diagnosed in January of last year. Uh, David appeared in such films as Morgan, A Suitable Case for Treatment, Midnight Summer's Dream, Michael Kohlhaas, The Other Rebel, uh, From the Beyond the Grim, The Omen, Age of Innocence, 39 Steps, The Concord Airport, 39, I love that movie, Time After yeah. Time, The Island, Time Bandage, Tron, The Man with Two Brains, The Best Friend of the Vampire, Star Trek, Five, The Final Frontier, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Two to Secure the Ooze, which I most remember him from, uh, Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country, in a different role, Quest of the Delta Knights, The Mouth of Madness, Money Talks, Titanic, Scream 2, Wing Commander, Planet of the Apes, Avatar, Black Death, and Mary Poppins Returns, just to name a few. On a small screen, David appeared in a plethora of shows in over his 50-year stint, uh, two of which uh, are too many to mention here. Um, of note, he died just five days before his 81st birthday, making him 81. Wow. Charlie, you? you familiar with David's work? I'm going to go with, okay. Jen, you, you, know, wanna... you have You have a lot of faith because you keep going to him. After <laughs> once, I'd be like, I'm done. I mean, I, I, know, but... I, someone told me I should have more faith yesterday, and it's like, oh, this is it. This Mark's <laughs> doing it, you know? Uh, no, I should know who he is. I mean, he sounds like a prolific guy. My God. Yeah. Donna, you got to throw in two cents? Well, first thing I look up, and Charlie's not even here anymore. So I don't know why you're going. <laughs> did we lo- Oh, did he lose him? Yeah, we, lost- we lost him. Lost him. Oh my yeah. God! That's well, so you. that's why. That's why when you called on Charlie, he didn't have a response because he wasn't here. All right, so here. here it is. The news covers the screen, oh, so I man. can't see. Got who's- it. Okay. That's All called right. blind. So a little, little, little behind the scenes uh, workings of how the show works over here. All right, there so. You go. We're gonna just move on. on. We're just moving on. No, because I want to talk about because I I, I see this guy. So I'm talking now. So first off, I I remember him vividly from Tron, of course. But I think some of the work that touched me the most was one his voice of Ra's al Ghul in uh, the DC animated universe, especially uh, the Batman animated series. And two, he might have one of the most powerful episodes in Star Trek The Next Generation. That he played the Cardassian that was integer in, uh, it was questioning Picard. Oh, that was him? That was him. (laughs) All right. Where it's like, how many lights do you see? Right. Yes. There are four lights. There are five. And it kept going over and over again. I mean, See, yeah. yeah, he's in, in so much stuff. Wow, about so that? much stuff. And like he really I don't think any other actor could have done quite a, a job like that and, and and been such a match for Patrick Stewart. So Charlie, are we back with Charlie? <laughs> I'm just gonna keep on going. Mom. Ah, yes. Oh god. Yes, Charlie. Hey. Do you want to share your pulse of your story? <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm really trying here. Uh, you yeah i really commend it but wow all right, all right so let's let's go on to the next bit of not as sad news here's an idea just yes, charlie if you ever want to jump in just jump in mark i think you should stop calling on him or else you might okay keep, you know all right so yeah. from the i guess it's real now follow-up department as previously reported on our show, none other than WWE chairman and CEO of Vince McMahon had temporarily stepped down from his role as head of the company due to some allegations of inappropriate behavior stemming all the way from a stemming from a Wall Street Journal report. At the time, however, Vince had remained as head of creative control and as a quote unquote character and performer. 
now, just a few weeks later, Vince has officially retired from anything associated with the brand. Vince says, throughout the years, it's been a privilege to help WWE bring you joy, inspire you, thrill you, surprise you, and always entertain you. I would like to thank my family for mightily contributing to our success, and I'd also like to thank all of our past and present superstars and employees for the dedication and passion to our brand. Most importantly, I would like to thank our fans for allowing us to come into your homes every week and being your choice of entertainment. I am extremely confident in the continued success of WWE, and I leave our company in the capable hands of the extraordinary superstars. Yes, (laughs) employees and executives. In the particular, uh, both Chairwoman and co-CEO Stephanie McMahon and uh, co-CEO Nick Khan. As the majority shareholder, I will continue to support WWE in any way I can. My personal thanks to our company and business and partner shareholders, board directors for their guidance and support through the years. Oof. So uh, no mention of the allegations. He just says that he's retiring. And yeah. holy crap, I can't believe this is this in the wrestling world is as big as when George Lucas sold uh, Star Wars. It's like, holy crap, you never thought this day would happen. And yet here we are. Well, maybe he's just wanted to have mm-hmm. some fun. He's like, I'm out, witches. I can do whatever I want now. <laughs> Allegation <laughs> what? You know? <laughs> maybe. That's what I'm thinking. Or he's just like, all right, I'm good. I don't know. Because you could do whatever you want then. Now your life is like free. Charlie, you got to. Yep. All right. What do you think of Vince retiring? I don't know, because uh, the screen keeps going black and keeps saying to me, it keeps saying to me, the show has ended. The recording has ended. And I got to come in every time. And that's it. So that's that's what I think of this. All I hear is the lovely Jenny's voice said, this recording has ended. And my screen goes to black. I don't think I've ever said that once in my life. So that's not me. Like, well, anyway, it's yes. like the, the recording is ended. And it's like, all right, take it easy. You know, and then I come back in and then I don't have audio. This is and... coming to you live on tape, folks. Yes. Uh, Dominic, is, you have any you This have any is so, sanity. so perfect. You have any sanity for this? Oh Do I have sanity? Yes. Am I going to share it? No, because I'm going to lose my sanity. So I'm going to keep it to myself. So, so no, thoughts, no thoughts um, on Vince. No, I do have thoughts because, like, okay. I think I said in one episode when we began discussing this, like, I never believed that he was a faithful husband. Right. Anyway. You did say that. And say that, yeah. it did come out like he had an affair. And I'm like, yeah, probably more than one, probably many. Right with many people on the road and talent and i'm not shocked at all like i I, like i said i distinctly remember like the amount of like flirtatious bits they would do on on but that was his character yeah okay with like trish stratus and other people of the time and you know if you're if you're like a faithful faithful husband you're not you're he's the head of the company he can decide what bits he's doing what he's not what he's riding into and what he's not going to be written into you're not if if you are faithful to your wife you're not going to write yourself into getting to kiss trish stratus's behind <laughs> it's just not gonna you're just not gonna do it because you care about your wife so i'm not but, shocked at all by any of that but on the other hand the fact that he just didn't decide to fight it he's whoo, later he's out he's out of this company that you know it's it's crazy to think that he's no longer associated or part of wwe Sure he is. He's the majority stockholder. But he has no control. He has no say. He just has a voting power, right? That's how no stockholders work. work. Yeah, he's got, 
He's got. <laughs> I'm sure he does. He has voting power, so no one can like steer the company in any direction he doesn't like. Mm. And in terms of not having creative direction, his daughter's taking over. So and his son-in-law. And his son-in-law. Not his son-in-law. His yeah, son-in-law. Triple is, H. Yeah, well, yeah, Triple H, but that's He's not the other person. Triple H. No, uh, Triple H is in charge of creative control. Right. So, which apparently, like, he'd been trying to get Triple H into the corporate side of things for years, and Triple H didn't want to stop wrestling, but he finally did. Um, so, like, you know, he's one phone call away from calling Stephanie and, and, and Triple H and going, what are you doing? I, I guess, but, you know, as, as I've heard many a times, they write the show, Vince comes in, and he rewrites the show all the time. So just oh. just that fact. That yeah. it's not going to happen anymore. It's going to be very interesting to see that it's not his hands on it. He might have suggestions and complaints after the fact, but he won't be able to do what he's been doing. And I think it's going to be very interesting. Like I said, this is as big as when Lucas sold Star Wars to Disney. Like nobody thought it was going to happen. And then as soon as the pen, the ink dried, they started making turn out Star Wars like nobody's business. It's just one of those crazy yeah. things. Well, All right. So shocking. final bit of final bit of news. Um, actually, let me. No, we have that. All right, so let me do this bit of news. From the close to infinite price department, none infinite. other than Marvel has teamed up with Gentle Giant Limited, a high-end collectibles toys and consumer products company, to make a real-life infinity gauntlet complete with six precious gemstones, a ruby, an emerald, sapphire, a diamond, a garnet, which I don't know what that is, and an amethyst. Uh, Marvel says there's going to be a limited amount of certified ones, and we're going to be available to the public in drops. Fans and collectors are a very important consumer for Marvel, and since they truly live the Marvel lifestyle every day, they are always seeking to connect with the brand in new and unique ways, i.e. spend a lot of money. Uh, This authentic gemstone collection is cool and unexpected and extends the reach of the Marvel brand. So how much do you think something like this would cost? Because the six stones combined are over 150 carats. So what do you think? Let's, let's start with, I'm going to, I hate to try. Charlie, how much do you think this is worth? I really don't give a damn. <laughs> now he answers. Jen, what do you think? How, how many carats? So what is it again? 150 carats of a ruby, an emerald, a sapphire, okay. a diamond, a garnet, and an amethyst. Total. 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 carats. God, uh, in, in a glove mm. that you can wear, like fifty million, fifty million, five oh? Five oh million. All right. So, Dominic, what do you think? Well, what's the glove made out of? It doesn't say what the glove's made out, of, but it looks like the Infinity Gauntlet. So it looks like interesting from the movie. You know, it, it looks like that. I get it. Okay. So what? Uh, do you, what what's your what's your price? Jen says fifty. What are you saying? Uh, it's probably worth about two thousand dollars. Two thousand. <laughs> well, it is actually uh, an estimated value of over twenty-five million dollars that they're expecting people to buy. Right. <laughs> twenty-five million dollars. Yeah. Yes, Crazy. and they're going to yeah. be a limited certified amount. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, wow. they're not going to have enough money to put gas in their car to get to the place to buy it. <laughs> Could you imagine if someone poor buys it? Like, oh my god. I don't <laughs> think someone poor could buy it. Way away. Uh, I don't see that happening. I can get anything on layaway. I got my house on layaway. <laughs> you can't. You just say you're gonna pay. You're gonna go. They're going to the store to get the gauntlet, <laughs> and they say, "Do you have it on layaway?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see who buys it because the demographic is large now. 
Oh my god, I can't. Okay, all right. We have a few <laughs> minutes, so I can go on to the next bit of news. Oh man. Oh, oh. Oof. Just I, I, I don't know why I find that so funny that you're gonna <laughs> buy a twenty-five million dollar item on layaway. It just is. This is the truth, you know. The truth is funny. Uh, okay, so <laughs> since since um, let's let's do this one. <sighs> From the shameless self-promotion department, none mm. other than creator and host of this very show that you're listening to, for some reason, thank God you're still listening, has after 30 years finally <laughs> managed to on your part. jump into the crowdfunding <laughs> world, designated a five-part series that tells the story of two warring alien races and the teens that are caught in the middle is currently right now on Kickstarter. Mark says, with, at the time of this recording… 156 days to go before a life-changing event. It would be greatly appreciated if you check out my book that has been 30 years in the making. If, for whatever reason, you're unable to financially support this product, share it on your social media platforms. Maybe someone you know who isn't aware of the book might just be able to help make it a reality. The campaign ends on August 30th, so make sure you get your copy today. Can we get it on Layaway? <laughs> <laughs> That's, I gotta no, say, no. You, you, you finally you, did an accurate impression of one of our. <laughs> yes, I was uh, just going to say, sounds nothing like Mark. Yes, there is no to to quote Jen. There is no Mickey Mouse in around. We get in this book. You got to get it now. <laughs> okay, no layaway, folks. Yes, no layaway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> People have been asking me about it, so I had to ask. All right, so we have. Well, that's good. So we have less than two minutes to go. So we're going to do our final thoughts. Uh, Charlie, do you have a final yeah. thought? If you hear me, just be nice to everybody. That's it. Okay. Dominic, do you have a final thought? Yes. Uh, it <laughs> did took you delay on purpose? Years. Yeah, I did. It took okay. 30 years to make uh, Top Gun Part 2, so I'm sure that the comic will hit that same level because that's what we get when we wait 30 years for a sequel. And Ooh. number two, real quick, the the uh, gem market is completely inflated. That thing does, is not actually worth $25 million. Oh, so yeah. You saw, you saw a picture of it? Yeah, I saw a picture. I'm looking at okay. it. Okay. <laughs> I right. was like, what is what? <laughs> I think it's plastic. It looks like plastic. <laughs> wow. All right, so, old man Jenny Feldy, uh, take us home for the uh, final, final thought. Yes. Trust your gut. If something doesn't feel right about a place or a person, Maybe, you know, be careful, trust your gut. It could save your life. It could save your time. It could save your money. All right. So with that, we'll take a break and we'll be right back with the Came from the Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, the sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Burden Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're talking about The Untouchables. Yes, a great movie from the mid-1980s. <laughs> it's about Prohibition in the late 1920s. Mm-hmm. It stars Kevin Costner. Robert, Robert De, Niro. De Niro. Very good. <laughs> and Sean Connery. Oh, and actually um, Andy Garcia, who actually becomes the Godfather in Godfather Part 3. But that's another story. <laughs> okay. Um 
Robert De Niro plays Al Capone. Mm-hmm. And do you know much about him? Um, I know that he basically ran the alcohol, like... Yes, Prohibition. He was kind of a gangster, mm-hmm. as what they would say, the gangsters. from Yeah. There was a lot of gangsters going on in uh, that era. There was a big whole mafia thing going on. They kind of ruled a lot of the cities. Yeah. That was like a big deal. Um, and it's, it's amazing what they got away with, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you know, they. I think they just made it better, you know. Today, people just get away with a lot of other things, different yeah. doing different stuff. And, See, the funniest you know. thing was, like, they all, everyone knew who was doing it. They just didn't have proof of it. And that's the whole thing. That's the whole part about this movie is how they caught him, which is through accounting, the IRS. Yeah. Okay? They had to prove that this guy was getting an income, and they couldn't prove it through his businesses. Yeah. So, you know, what did you think of the, that was the idea? Because you can't, they couldn't get him on a regular crime charge. Mm-hmm. Which was, it makes sense because all his people did it for him. So it wasn't. Yeah, he was the top of the chain. Yeah. And he created all these businesses with all these other people. And it was like a whole pyramid of where the money was kind of going and flowing. Yep. And alcohol, there was these things called speakeasies. Do you know what a speakeasy is? No. So it's a hidden bar. Okay, because like nobody wanted to follow the rules of no alcohol. Yeah. Okay, that was like a big thing. Like everybody just wanted to drink, you mm-hmm. know? So even though the law was not to drink and you would get arrested or fined or whatever, you know, these guys created these little bars. Like you could walk into a library. Yeah. Not necessarily a library, but like into a restaurant. And then mm-hmm. there was this back room, it's a hidden door. And you might have a code name or a code word, whatever, and you would go right in. Yeah. And then it would be like this fancy place where oh, everybody's getting drinks. It was totally illegal and mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> and, you know, um, but there were so many people who liked drinking that nobody ratted each other out. You yeah. Know? So they would just go do it. And today, when we, there's, they have these speakeasies here, but of course the alcohol is legal and stuff. It's more of a gimmick now. Like we could go to a place in Farmingdale in Long Island and yeah. then just knock on the door of this yogurt shop and as long as we have the code word, we could go in and then you have a jazz club. That's cool. Right? Isn't that cool? Yeah. And they do this in, you That's know, more for like the coolness though. <laughs> yeah, now it's more of the coolness before it was not, you know? What do you mm-hmm. think of, uh, you know, you've seen Kevin Costner in other movies like Waterworld, I think Dances with Wolves you might have seen. I don't Superman, do you remember? Oh, yeah. He was, in, uh, he was the dad in, in the more recent Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen him before. Did you like him? Yeah, he wasn't bad. Okay, he wasn't bad. And yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't bad. What about Robert De Niro? Yeah, he was good. He was Robert, good? I mean, Robert De Niro, he's a great actor in my opinion. Yeah, he's an amazing actor. He's mm-hmm. done so many. We have to watch The Godfather, okay? Mm-hmm. That way you're and Godfather one and two, but there's like six hours. Actually, yeah, like well, it's three hours a piece, and then like oh my god, <laughs> there, there's also a Godfather three, which wasn't that good, but you know that's another story, and that's the one where <laughs> Andy Garcia was in, and you know ah uh, yeah, but anyway, it's it's the first two are considered like the greatest movies of all time. Really? Yeah, you know, and why were they just the actors were amazing? The actors were amazing. The um, story was amazing. It was just a lot of stuff. They actually made a new movie about the making of that movie. 
<laughs> okay, so uh, it's it's pretty crazy, and I think you're like it. And I'm a big fan of Sean Connery movies, so like I, this was like really good for me to watch because I liked watching it. I saw it in the theater oh, yeah. when it came out <laughs> in the late 1980s. You know, um, so for me, this was like a really good film, and I just wanted to pass it on to you. You know, so you could see. Yeah, it. I've I've heard of The Godfather. It sounds good, and. This one was also great. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll check it out. And we'll check out the next one. So on The Godfather. Yeah. There's a series of mafia movies that are very good. Mm. And uh, maybe we'll go on that streak at some point. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. All right. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. Hello, Radioheads. I'm here with the promoter of Eternal Con. Yes. Hello. Hello. So what's your involvement? What do you, what do you, how did you make this happen? And I, your name? My name is Frank Patch Batista. I am uh, the promoter of Eternal Con. I've been doing this for nine years now. Nine years. And, um, yeah, it's, it's one of our, you know, two shows that we do a year, and, you know, we love it. You think you'll ever stop? You think you'll keep this going for 30 years? That's right. We never stop. Never stop. So what are some of your main goals and reasons for creating this? Well, I've been a fan. You know, I'm a geek. And uh, I've been a fan of this my whole life. And, uh, you know, uh, one day I decided I wanted to do something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And I decided to make a show. And the, the first one was a smash hit. And then we just kept going from there. Smash hit. So for listeners at home who've never been here, what can we see here? You can see uh, everything that you see at the other conventions, except we're more intimate with our guests. You can talk to some guests. You can uh, you can oh closer. Oh, here we go. Uh, um, you can uh, um, you know it, it's it's just a fun time. It's you know it, there's a lot to do. You can see some up and coming artists. You can see uh, toys and collectibles, celebrity guests. Like it's a whole bunch of. Bunch of, a whole bunch of fun. And what will, what are some things that you hope this will turn into? Or well, is it exactly where you want it to be? Well, you know what? I, I want everybody to have a good time. And that, that's what that's the most important. So we hope everybody has a good time. And um, we hope that you know everybody enjoys themselves and we spread our nerd culture to everyone. Any final thoughts for society and the radio? Anything um, you'd like to let us know? Yes. Any Triumph of the nerds. Triumph of the nerds. Yes. And with that... Back to Mark at Eternal Con. Let's check it out. Thank you. Thank you. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. You know, this is El Man, and I'm here. I came from the radio with Mark Torres. Um, 
I think he created this radio show uh, similar to what you're listening to now, or maybe it's the same. It came from the radio. Welcome, Mark Torres. Hello. Uh, this is a very meta uh, interview. Yes, you're listening to a came from radio being interviewed by someone on came from radio with someone from a came from radio. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, first question. You started this radio show 17, 18, 19 years ago? Um, we are, yeah, it's 19 years ago. We're going to hit our 20th anniversary next, the 2023 on uh, February, I think 14th or something like that around that time. Um, we started the show. I, the only reason I know is because the first show we discussed the new Daredevil movie that was coming out with Ben Affleck. So that's how I'm able to, to, to get the date. So that was 2003. Okay. So now we're in 2022 and who knows how long this interview is going to live on the internet. Maybe someone is listening to this in 2063 and I'll just give you a reference that in 2022, everyone and their mother has a podcast and a lot of these people do shows about nothing. I'll go on their shows and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to freestyle it. We're just going to talk. And it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. It's absolutely disgusting. But you on this show, you structure the show. You have topics every week. You have the news every week. There's always something going on. So my question to you is, why did you make this show 19-ish years ago? Like, did you have something specific to talk about? Or did you just want to talk about nothing like all these other idiots I listen to? So you want the, the long version or the short version? I want whatever version you want on the radio. <laughs> this is technically your show. <laughs> all right. So um, well, I think it was more than 20 years ago. I was driving from the cemetery. And I've always wanted to be in comic books. Always. Even as a kid. I never wanted to do anything else but do comics. And I was driving from the cemetery. And I heard on the radio, hey, if you have a passion or interest for something and you want to interview um, people in your field, call us up and you get your own radio show. Now, this was before internet was a big deal. Wow. So it was like, wow, get your own radio show. Call these people up. So I like, reached out to WGBB, which was Long Island's oldest radio station, which it still is. Yeah. And um, I talked it over with the lady and she's like, yeah, you know, you can have your own show and you can talk to uh, networking and learn about comedy and stuff and I was like wow this might be my in to get my own comic book published right. that was my original idea so I sat I was working at Blockbuster at the time so I sat with uh, my co-workers and we worked it out how we were going to do the show it was going to be a half hour show and at the time um the view was just being big it was just coming into play okay and I was like let's be like that so we I saw the view and we had they had like different different and people now, each had their own background and now for reference don't be like the view. It's so <laughs> annoying. But back then, probably. Go on. Well, it was it was a new hip thing. The view it was it was a new a format to have um, different people that. talking about different topics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was the idea behind it. So that was what we did. And I got myself, um, my uh, ex girlfriend at the time. She's my my current girlfriend back then. My ex now. Mm-hmm. I got um, a friend of mine who I had met in a comic book uh, school that I went to after I graduated from high school. Uh, he was working at Wizard Entertainment at the time. And then I had another friend who was like an old older guy, and he knew a lot about the old stuff, the comics. So I was like, all right, I got my old guy. I got the guy who knows stuff on the inside. I have a female who doesn't know anything about uh, comics and stuff, which ironically, her name was also Jennifer. Right. And then I had me. 
So I was the host and everybody gets a name. And that's how we started doing the show. Half hour show. We broke it up into segments. It went by really fast. Half hour goes super, super fast. And then we got to an hour and then we started growing and expanding. And then we just kind of uh, kept on going all these years later. Okay. So now you actually have done your own comic books. Now, what do I want to talk about first? All right, let's talk about designated. So you have this designated, uh, the Kickstarter, I believe goes live on 7.30, July 30th. And it's called designated and it's about aliens and teens caught in between two warring alien tribes, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. So basically, um, this comic book is 30 years in the making. Holy. Like I said, I always want to be in comic books and I wanted to make my own comic book back then. And as I mentioned, the comic book school with um, my former co-host, um, I was in the school and at the time I had wanted to be a comic book artist. And what I learned, the biggest thing I learned at the comic book school is that I'm a better writer than I am an artist. And that the writer is the one that controls the story, not the artist. Because back in the 90s, you always thought the artist is the one that draws the stories. They do everything. But no, they're just told what to draw. And then they draw. So it's like, do you want to be... Like, you know, what was it? I always want to direct. I always want to produce as the actor's world go. Mm -hmm. Because you think the actor gets to do all this stuff. But no, they're just reading the lines of dialogue that they're given. As opposed to creating the character and making all that stuff yourself. So, like, I want to make my own comic book. And at the time, they said it would just cost $2,000. And in uh, 1995 or 6, $2,000 is a lot of money. Right. It's not so much now, but it's a little more to make a comic book now than it was back then. Mm -hmm. So I tried to do it, couldn't do it, tried to do it again. Circumstances happen, bad luck happens, all this kind of stuff happens. And that's when the radio show came the opportunity. I'm like, oh, okay, let's do that. Radio came along. And now, um, after all these years, I finally get to make this book through Kickstarter. And the Kickstarter is only so big now because of the pandemic. So thanks to a global pandemic, I'm able to make an attempt, a final attempt, to get this book out, which is about um, warring warring races, alien races. Remember, I wrote this back in the 90s, so you have to kind of have that mentality as how things were back then in the 90s, if you may remember. I don't know. I don't know. Everything was extreme and to the max and over the top and 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 overdrawn. So my idea was to make a comic book to swap that to have minimalistic powers, minimalistic story, stories mm-hmm. that make sense because I've always liked things that make sense. Okay. So we have two warring alien races. They're fighting over a, uh, a power source, finds their way to Earth, and through a unique set of circumstances, the humans that are involved get powers from the from the power source. Gotcha. Now, do you think aliens exist? Because in the past couple months, there's been disclosures and, and it could, and you know, there's different theories that maybe they're saying there's aliens for more of a distraction, you know, who knows? Uh, there's a lot of distrust now. Um, do you think there's really aliens? I'm supposed to be part alien, according to various psychics, by the way, part alien, not full alien. And from my dad's side, they, they always say it's from my dad's side. We're in a situation where the world is so crazy right now that the revelation, and it was in, uh, what was that show? Uh, 60 Minutes, a right. reputable news source that there's aliens. It was right. on there. They had an expose on there. Nobody cares. This is how yeah. crazy the world is right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was we just swept under the rug. 
Oh, I have two questions. So, so speaking of, I mean, when you have monkeypox or aliens, it's like, so number one, uh, how big of a threat, 10 being like the world is ending, zero being a lie, how big of a threat is monkeypox, one to 10? Based on what I've heard, uh-huh. I'm going to say we're looking at a seven or eight. Really? You think it's a real threat? That's, wow. like I said, based on what I've heard and not through any mainstream media, it's you know, talking to people and listening to stuff. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be bad. Interesting. Okay. Um, I was going to ask you what your favorite warmonger, I mean, leader is Fauci or Cuomo, but we'll, we'll, we'll gloss over that. Uh, that's just, as, a, uh, as a New Yorker, we're yeah. supposed to hate Cuomo. That's, that's like the law. I think well, that's one of the things. A lot of women love Cuomo. Well, I, not a woman. <laughs> True, true. Maybe you have to be a woman to love Cuomo because a lot of women are like, he's so great. Look what he's doing for us. But back to you. Uh, so you created a character, Sunburst, which we talked about bringing to life. And when there's more cons, we can bring it to life because y- you need real life to be open to bring something to life. Um, how did you create Sunburst? She has bright orangish hair. Like, who is she? What are her superpowers? What's so great about this Sunburst? Well, the the cheat answer is is that I created her, so that makes her obviously great. But uh, Sunburst was also created. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Sunburst was created um, back at the comic book school. I was just doodling around. Um, I was drawing something, and it just came to me of her her look, and um, she was based off of uh, two things. There was the, a little series called the Animaniacs, which they brought back now on, on Hulu. And there was a character called Hello Nurse. And one of her things was that she had this um, weird hair that just kind of flowed. And at the same time, a Little Mermaid had came out. So one of the most important things was that I wanted her to have like flowy, kind of orangey, red, fiery hair. And that led me to think, what kind of powers would she have, which is a sun, uh, fire-based powers. And uh, when you're uh, working in comic books, you kind of just have like a, a list of powers and and what they are so you have ice based powers things you make cold you have uh, superpowers meaning that you know you have uh, you can fly around you can punch mm-hmm. stuff really strong there's different types so a fire based character which is she is she can shoot fire she can fly uh, she can uh, cause things to heat up or or take away heat that kind of stuff if you were to make another superhero character today actually today cuz some people would argue that every day we are different people with different thoughts. Maybe every hour we can shift, but I feel a little different every day. What type of superhero character would you create today? And what type of villain would you create today? That's a hard one because yeah. I don't think I would make superheroes anymore. I've made so many back then that haven't been used. Now it's more along the lines of what kind of stories to tell. So I would think a person who has the ability to – we've heard about the multiverse. That's, that's the new thing. Yes. And it's, it's been hinted at throughout the years on various TV shows. But one of the things I have is that a guy has the ability to swap his place with his other self. And he can reach out in his mind to a different version of himself and swap places with them with no one knowing. And that's something that actually happens to people, which is why people misremember things and which is why you have that um, uh, the Mandela effect, which is you think something – a lot of people have, remember something, something a certain way, and then you look it up, and it's not, that's not how it was. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest example I could think of would be the Bernstein Bears. Yeah. How do you spell yeah. it? So if you're living in one world and you swap with the other world, you wouldn't know because everything's exactly the same except for that one thing. So uh, the guy's power is to be able to do that at will to swap with his other self. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. That's villains? Oof. Um, I don't think we... we uh, what's, what's the saying? The, the villain doesn't think he's the villain. So that guy could actually be the villain. Because if you think about it, if you're having a great life, and then all of a sudden you get swapped with this guy having a sucky life, he's the villain of the own story. So I think you can be the villain and the hero at the same time. Hmm, very interesting. Very deep. Yeah, I've heard that before, that people don't know, that the villains don't know they're villains. But I, I The best know. villains don't know they're villains. The, the what? The what villains? The best, the best villains don't the best know they're villains. villains. Because if you have like a, a, a villain who's like a cartoon character, who's mm-hmm. over the top, you know that's not a very realistic portrayal of a villain. Right, okay. Even even the most evil person out there in the world right now, it's not saying, oh, I'm going to get them. No, they're only caring about themselves and their world, and mm. they just are inconsiderate or ignorant to the other people. It's not even a, I'm going to get you. It's not that type of thing. Yeah, you're right. That's like kind of like, I've had this conversation, you know, I've had people say to me, oh, I would never do anything to you. You know, you're so great. Da, da, da. And it's like, yeah, but this is the problem. And this is what's so disappointing about life is that most of the people that have screwed me over it's like they didn't mean to it's just you know it was an oversight or it's an area where they lacked and they ended up being the villain in my life because they're so insecure or disorganized and they drop the ball and then they ruin my life it's not like they meant to so yeah okay all right I had a question about that because I heard so okay so now we're almost at the end we got about five minutes max now, if you weren't involved in one, the radio show, which must take up, okay, first I want to know how many hours a week this radio show takes up. And if you weren't doing the radio show and you weren't involved in comics and neither existed, how would you spend your time? Oof. Um, let's see. I think it takes about, I'll say three days out of the week. Wow, three full Overall. days, like ten yeah. hours, ten hours a day, five hours a day. Yeah, like if you if you take three out three uh, three days out of the week and then stretch it out over the week, that's how long it takes. Wow! I, I listen to the show at least three times, so that's three hours right there. Wow! Um, then there's the posting and the social media stuff and um, the uploading and the editing and the discussions and all that stuff and they're doing the news. Uh, it usually takes me two days to do the news. Oh my but God. then, you know, I'm not fully dedicated. So, you know, you kind of spread it out throughout the, the week. Um, if there was no radio show and no comics, I think I would die. You think you would <laughs> die? I, yeah, because like, that's all I know. That, Like I said, when I was a kid, that's all I ever wanted to do. There wasn't any other job. I didn't want to be an astronaut. I didn't want to be a, a, a fireman, a policeman. I didn't want to do anything else but work in comics. So if that didn't exist, I'd be a blub. <laughs> Let's say you let's say you have to pick something today to do something. You have to leave your house. You have to do something. What would you do today? You have to. You're being forced to, life or death. <laughs> I probably just I probably just die. But wow. but we'll 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 go with um what I did for 20 years. I did retail. Okay. Um, apparently, I'm very good at retail, despite the fact that I don't like retail and I hate people. <laughs> Right, right. You hate people. Okay, so um, now we know that what have you seen? Because you've interviewed 
countless comic book creators, artists, anchors. Um, what have you seen that makes a successful comic book? And there, there's two genres of success. There's one, people love it and they're well-received and, you know, they light up people's lives. That's one version of success. What goes into that? What factors? And number two, what creates a monetary, you know, a monetized success? Well, if I, if I knew the second answer, then I would be rolling around in the door right now. So I mm-hmm. don't know the answer to that. Okay. Um, I can say that to make, a, to make a satisfying book is something that you enjoy and that other people enjoy. There's, that's, that's really it. You can make, you know, if you're, if you're able to make a living off of doing what you like to do, as they always say, you don't work a day in your life. So to make a successful comic book, successful to who? It's successful to your peers, successful to yourself, successful to the audience. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's kind of uh, an odd uh, circumstances. So for myself to be a successful uh, comic book is to be able to live off of making the comic book. Is it necessary to go to cons and to do meet and greets in person or online? Oh, on, on that on that scale, well, yeah, it's you have to look at it as like a consumable item. Okay. You can have the best thing in the world, but if no one knows about it, what good is it? Look wow. at look at the highest grossing movies of all time. Whenever a highest grossing movie of all time is highest grossing movie of all time, usually it's because of the marketing and a promotion. It doesn't necessarily have to do with how good the movie is, how enjoyable the movie was. It just means that a lot of people were selling the sizzle, not the steak, and they ran out to go see this movie, good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. Last two questions. We got the social media at the end. We're gonna, and the final question is: In this year, twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three, what themes do you think we're gonna see in the comic book world? Well, um, uh, right now there's this guy who's making quote unquote waves. Um, he's it's uh, the Ripperverse, R I P P A V E R S E. Um, he's doing a what's what's been thrown around as a woke, a non woke. A uh, comic book creator. He's a he's a black guy, and he's making a, his own universe out of his own money, and he's raised uh, about three million dollars. Wow! So, yeah, I gotta I, see this. I I think um, just being yourself once again, just being yourself, being sincere, being the stuff, just putting it out there to make mm-hmm. sure you enjoy it, mm-hmm. and just don't try to push the the message. Mm-hmm. We'll make the money, and that's why I think. It goes. The trend is always follow the money. So mm-hmm. we had a trend about the pendulum swinging one way, and then it's swinging all the way in the other direction. I think it's going to start swinging back mm, okay. for the uh, for the other direction. And the final the final piece is on July thirtieth. You come out with your Kickstarter for Designated. Now, where can people find you and find your work? So it's a. It came from radio.com. You just listen to the show that you're listening to now. So you listen to the show, you go back and listen to it again, and therefore you're you're becoming meta. Um, but it's a Twitter, it would be Instagram. We don't really use Instagram. So Twitter and Facebook came from the radio. Everything's that came from the radio, just Google it came from the radio. It's so easy. Mm-hmm. And um, the designated will be under designated under Kickstarter. So for the next month, um, we end on the 30th of August. August. Uh, Just go to kickstarter.com, look up designated one word, and you'll find us. Thank you so much, Mark. And uh, perhaps we'll be hearing more from you on It Came From The Radio. And now back to more It Came From The Radio. 
Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. <laughs> hey kids, this is CJ Ramon of the world famous Ramones, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or... Just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.